Welcome to CornellRadio.com. You're listening to Scientifically Speaking. I'm Zach, here with my co-host Shane. Hello. And Dave. Hey guys, sorry for the late start. We had a couple technical difficulties, but we're good now, I think. So, um, oh. No, yeah, you can you hear him, though? I can hear you. Him. I can. Dave? Dave, yeah. say thanks. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Good. I think so. Okay. I no. nothing. But I can hear him outside the headphones. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, sorry, somebody text some me. Somebody text me if you can't hear Dave speaking right now. He's saying a lot of words, so you should know. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about fats and diets and what it means to eat food. So, Zach, you want to give us a little intro into what we're going to be talking about today? So basically, today we're going to be covering just in general, like what is fat, why is it there, and kind of like how does your diet affect fat and what diets are effective in removing fat or just generally keeping you healthy like mainly we're going to focus on diets and what diets are good what diets are bad like what are the merits what are you trying to look for when you're looking for a diet so this week uh shane is going to be our layman so zach and i are the experts for now and i know nothing and so i think uh well let's just get right into it since we we're off to a late start so we're going to start talking about um what happens when you start eating food so let's say so when you eat food, there's all sorts of different parts and pieces to your food, and uh, these parts and pieces affect you in different ways. So uh, let's break it down a little bit, and we'll, we'll start talking about fat first. So fat has this sort of negative stigma. Fat is actually like a chemical compound. You know, it's organic molecules that, uh, you know, function in a specific way. But we have a negative stigma towards that word because we always think of it in terms of like, well, you're fat. Well, okay, there's a difference between like being fat and like fat as a chemical compound. Yes, so, the, the distinction is body fat versus dietary fat. The fat that exists as adipose tissue in your body that makes you look fat, and then the fat that you eat that comes from your food. So dietary fat, a technical term for it is triglycerides. These are the compounds that you're actually eating when you ingest things that have fat in them, quote unquote. So, well, first things first, when you have fat in your system, first thing it does is um, lipases start breaking it down in from they're from the pancreas. And uh, Hey, Dave. Yeah? What's a lipase? A lipase is an enzyme that breaks down lipo What's an enzyme? An enzyme is a protein <laughs> that does things in your body. And okay, so, so something breaks down triglycerides. Uh, fine, you can ignore the... So, no, that's fine. So, so an enzyme, because we'll probably use that word later on, right? So an yes, enzyme is like a little chemical in your body that helps break down other chemicals in your body. Or yeah. maybe puts them together depending on the enzyme. Okay, it does it it but like in this case, this enzyme is breaking down fat, right? You can't see it right now, but I'm rolling my eyes at Shane. Really hard. <laughs> um so anyway, you break down fats and uh these things are uh, triglycerides are broken into two main parts, glycerol and fatty acids. And so fatty acids are what your body uses for energy, potentially. Yeah, so uh, glycerol and fatty acids are both important. Like The entire triglyceride is relevant to your body when you eat it. Uh, and so you get the glycerol, which can be further broken down into glucose, which is just a common sugar that your body uses for energy. And the fatty acids, they can be broken down into acetyl-CoA, um, I think it's actually pronounced acetyl coa. Acetyl coa. Wow, that's annoying. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's weird. So, I. Um, okay, wait. So I have a few questions. Go for it. Because there was a lot of science words. Yeah, in we there. just threw a lot of jargon at you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, first thing is, so, so you said glucose is like 
glucose is like sugar that your body uses for energy, right? Yes. Yeah, so and we're going to get that, into that a little bit. Is that the same as table sugar like that I would have in like baking or is that some different kind of sugar? Okay, so there's different kinds of sugars and actually I'm not really I think table sugar is sucrose. I want to say it's which sucrose, is yeah. Not the same thing as glucose. It's a little bit different chemical compound, but glucose is the name for the most simple um, carbohydrate molecule. So that's 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 all glucose means. It's the most simple uh, carbon containing compound. It's you know. So it's like the the building block of like carbohydrates. Exactly. Is that, is that accurate? Exactly. So okay. it is a monosaccharide, and when you have a bunch of them, it's a polysaccharide because Greek roots. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so so glucose is just like it's just a really like base unit of like food energy. Does that sound reasonable? Things that's, parts that's, of food that you turn into energy. That's about glucose? right. I'd yeah. Say that's a good, okay. At this level, that's a good description. Of that's glucose. probably all you need to know. Great. Awesome. So you said um, you had okay. other questions? Yeah, wait, there's more questions because you said more big words. That's, that's um, true, we did. There was that thing that you pronounced weirdly. Um, Acetyl-CoA. Acet okay, that, that doesn't sound like a word. What does that this, mean? This is, a, this is an enzyme. Oh, another one of those. Yeah, ah! okay. So, so remember, Shane, you're going to be quizzed at this at the end. So we're going to need you to memorize this word. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. This is a long word that doesn't really mean anything to most people. All it does is that this... When your body breaks things down into acetyl-CoA, all it is is an enzyme that helps do other things and gives you energy and makes ATP, which we talked about last week a little bit. ATP okay, so, is just energy. So All it does is break it down into some compound that helps give you energy, and that's okay. all you need to know. So acetyl-CoA is, is an enzyme that helps provide energy to you. Yes. Okay, so when you're taking... So when fat is broken down into fatty acids, and you say fatty acids are broken down into acetyl acetyl CoA, mm -hmm. not always. Okay, but in this instance, yes, um, yes. So if they are broken down into acetyl CoA, they're then helping you get energy. Yes. Right? Exactly. So and the fatty the acid way, part of fats helps you get energy. Exactly. Yes. Great. Awesome. So uh, basically, what do you want to talk about carbs now, or do you want to? Yeah, talk yeah about we can it? talk about. So generally, when you're looking at what you're eating in your diet. There are different classifications for the things that are parts of food that are important. And just so we can have a vocabulary to talk about them, we'll just introduce these terms. So you've got macronutrients and micronutrients. Nutrients are everything your body needs to function, right? If they're macronutrients, meaning big, it means you need a lot of them. Like fat, carbs, and protein, you have a ton of that any day, right? But micronutrients are like vitamins and minerals. You get, you know, milligrams of that maybe compared to like many, many, like hundreds of grams of fat and carbs and things like that. So the macronutrients, which we're looking at right now, are dietary fat, triglycerides we just talked about. And then we have, oh yeah, what's your question, Shane? I'm, I'm going to be totally honest and yeah. just say that literally until exactly this moment, I assumed that macronutrients were bigger than micronutrients, and that's why they were called macronutrients, and micronutrients were small. I and wonder, so that may also potentially be true. I think I the mean, real definition is just that you need more of them. I mean, that makes significantly yeah. more sense yeah. than what I was, because like glucose is real tiny, but I was like, yeah, well, maybe, you know, <laughs> just the big ones. Okay, that's good to know. So you need a lot of macronutrients, so when you hear someone talking about macronutrients, you need to eat, like, a weighable amount All as opposed to like a very small amount of micronutrients. You need a lot of fats, mm -hmm. carbs, and proteins and not a lot of vitamins and minerals. You need them, just not as much. Just that's relative that's to the, the amount. The okay, cool. 
And so, yes, we talked about fats, and fats can be broken down into basically two forms of energy, or at least one form of energy and one thing that assists in making more energy. But then you have carbs, right? And so when you break down carbs, they're broken down into monosaccharides, like we said before, glucose, which include glucose, fructose, fructose galactose. galactose. Primarily yeah, glucose. Glucose, glucose is yeah. the only one that's really important to us right now. Right. So now we've seen that both fat and carbohydrates can be broken down into glucose, and both contribute to your energy stores. And so... That is something people may not think about too often. They think fat is fat. I eat fat, I become fat. No, okay. not necessarily. Yeah, so not okay, necessarily. so if 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 carbs and fat both get eventually turned into like something that helps you make energy, what's the like why is there any sort of difference between carbs and fat? Why can't I just like literally call them the same thing? Um, and eat a tub of lard, and that'd be the same as eating a couple pieces of bread. <laughs> First off, that'd be disgusting, and you'd instantly vomit. But I don't remember, know. Remember in Donlin when they were eating sticks of butter? Did they, you miss that night? I ate one. Oh, good job. It was part of that. <laughs> oh, don't they uh, sell, like, you know, fried sticks of butter at County Fair This was not sometimes? fried. This is no, just, I just a slimy. Actually, I think it was margarine. No, it was butter. Oh, okay. It was just a stick of good. butter, and it was one of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> oh, God. So... The difference between fats and carbs is their chemical structure and how hard it is to turn it into a thing that helps mm. you get energy. Okay, so cool. So which one's worse? Broken into glucose. Eh, worse. It's more just different. Well, sorry. So which one? Which one takes more energy to turn into? Sorry. Well, yeah. Which one takes more energy to turn into energy? Well, uh, so carbs basically are your body's primary source of fuel, and they always go for that first because they're very easily broken down into glucose, and then bam, you got glucose. Awesome. Dietary fat first has to be separated into the glycerol and fatty acids, and then the glycerol has to be con converted into glucose. So that's mm. an extra step you've got there. Okay. And additionally, another distinction between fats and carbs is that dietary fats also have the fatty acids attached. That's a that right. is a crucial part of it being classified as a dietary fat. Okay. Because not only is there um, simple differences in how they're turned into energy, they also have these other um, chemical functions. So, like, fat is, you know, can store certain chemical compounds like vitamins and stuff. So, there's a, there's a difference between, like, how they work, too. Dave's like really like he's like a normal distance away from his microphone, but he has a special microphone, and by that I mean a quiet microphone. And so we keep telling what him to like is. to make out with it, but he he doesn't seem to want to for some reason. Microphone, mm -hmm. <laughs> you taste so good. Just ask for consent first before you get in real close. Um, let's not have that conversation now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so let's there's a third macronutrient yeah. that hopefully all know. It's known as protein. Right. And you should know it because you listened to us last time, <laughs> except maybe you didn't because our recording got fucked. Oh, so <laughs> It's all right. It's okay. We're going to have lots of shows. And we're all going to be <laughs> as wonderful as this one. So now, uh, proteins, uh, as opposed to carbs and fat, don't have any... They can... Well, they don't break down into something that is glucose, right? They turn into... They're amino acids. They're composed of amino acids, which, which are... Which just means they have nitrogen in them. That's yeah. So usually those are used to build structures in your body, including muscle and things like that. Um, alternatively, you can convert amino acids to energy. I was looking at this. There are multiple, depending on the amino acid, there's different pathways. Some ended up like assisting in like beta oxidation, which is some process that goes on, and things like that. So we're not going to go into the specifics there. It's not, it's not information you need to know, but um, just know that amino acids can also become energy that isn't just glucose. In the same way, like acetyl-CoA kind of assists in making energy. Right. Some of them do that. Some of them okay. become energy. So, so protein eventually can 
also turn into energy, although it sounds but like its main function that's not is its to main be used function. to build other things. So protein right. is mostly used to so it's n- so primarily if you're if you're ingesting like you know some amount of carbohydrates, some amount of fats, and some amount of proteins, the fats and carbohydrates will be pretty directly used for energy. Yes. Well, yeah. And okay. The, well, the proteins will be used for other things like building up the rest of your body. So itself. yeah, we threw a lot of words at you in a general summary. Carbs are basic sugars that are used immediately for energy. Fats are comp- are more complex molecules, and they're usually used for storage of energy. Protein is usually used to build other things, and not so much for energy. That's the very basics of it. Okay. So we have a fourth mm, kind of macronutrient, yeah. not really macronutrient, but fiber. This is the stuff that makes you regular. It's the stuff that your grandma tells you to eat. That's like why she hands you a bowl of dried prunes. He's talking Doesn't your about grandma not do poop. that? Um, it helps you poop real good. Fiber is weird. Fiber is just weird. We don't really need to go into it. All, all you know is all you need to know is that it helps you poop. Basically, it's it's not super 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 important to like living. It does, it's not an energy source is the distinction here. Um, but it can aid in digestion and help with your bowels and things like that. We'll talk about that again briefly later. But um, for now, that's all you need to know. It's like a plunger for your butthole. Yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> Um, less for your butthole if and more for your like If I had to describe like, the macronutrient fiber, okay, yeah, fine, but you know what I meant. Okay, so <laughs> moving on from that, um, so that I can stop laughing. Uh, so you guys mentioned macro and micronutrients. So yes, we sir. covered the three slash four macronutrients. How many? Like, what are the micronutrients I need to worry about? Um, how do I get them? Please tell me. So, so micronutrients are your vitamins and minerals. And these are the vitamins, you know, we've all heard of vitamin C, vitamin B, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K, vitamin A. D- vitamin yeah. B, they 1 through 12. Of, why did they actually, skip so many letters with so many Bs? Why does our grading system go A, B, C, D, F? All right. That's how have I never thought of that before? Because it actually means Wait, fail. What? It actually means fail. Yeah, it's but silly. It doesn't uh, matter. Uh, it doesn't all right, matter. continue. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> important. Sorry. Distracted. Um, but, okay. So. There's a, couple, there's a couple of differences between the vitamins that you normally take. So there's a difference between water-soluble vitamins, which means they dissolve in water, and fat-soluble vitamins, which means they dissolve in fat. The water-soluble vitamins you have to have every day. So um, these are most vitamins, like B vitamins and vitamin C and some other things. Um, but you need to replenish them every day because they dissolve in water. You pee them out really quickly. So when you have them and you don't use them, they're gone. You can't okay. store them. So in eighth grade... My friend, I can't wait. I yeah. love stories from my friend. Go, go, go. Yeah. So my so my friend, he uh, he he had this like these like little like dissolvable pills, and they tasted really good. You like put them in water, and they fizzed up, and they made everything. It was like citrus flavored. I put one and, of those uh, in my mouth last night without water. It was just bubbling on my mm, tongue. It was like uh, So so and, and it had like this sounds like a drug. No, it had well no, uh, it had like sixteen hundred percent of your daily required vitamin C. <laughs> And it was supposed to be like you drank it and you like had lots of energy f- because for some reason vitamin C was correlated to energy and mm. like felt wonderful and I guess maybe it boosted your immune system. But so yes, it does. That vitamin doesn't see boost your immune system. Does sixteen hundred percent of it do anything no, special? No, your body physically can't use that much. It's water soluble. So when you have it and you have it in your body and your body uses what it needs and then just pisses the rest away. <laughs> So so I was getting 100% of my vitamin C. Yes. And then and then really expensive pee. Really yes. expensive pee. Awesome. Really That's good really though. No no, no I I wanted pee. I wanted really expensive pee though. 
So I'm kind of glad. Well, then there you go. Yeah, I'm not touching that one. Um, <laughs> so then there's the fat-soluble vitamins, and these are the ones you don't need every day. You need, but you don't need them every day. And these are vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K. We're not going to go really into them. Just vitamin D, you know, that's like the sunshine one. That's the one you get from getting sun on your skin. So Is that like, can you like get, because I know like milk has vitamin D. Yes. Like, yeah. can you get all of the vitamin D you need without consuming it? If you have 15 minutes of sunshine a day, uh, what is it? I think every three days for a week, that is enough vitamin D. That assuming vitamin assuming D it's not the winter. And right. assuming you live in a place without so like, terrible... Ithaca. So yeah. if not Ithaca. So you live in Ithaca, you should drink milk. Drink milk because yeah. you're not getting vitamin D. Not getting or just find something fortified with vitamin D. You can okay, take cool. vitamin D supplements, but usually that's something you want. They haven't established definite like dietary guidelines for that. Like They have mm. a minimum threshold. I don't mm. remember what it is, but people are proposing... You, maybe you need more because mm. it's hard to absorb it from your diet and people don't spend enough time outside. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's actually, yeah. It's, so it's actually easier to get from the sun if yes. there is sun that's, than it is to digest That's to how we are, it. are set up to get vitamin cool. D. The cool, vitamin cool. D in food is pretty much all supplementation fortification. It's oh. not inherently in okay, the Okay, so and supplementation fortification, by that you mean like someone put it there, right? Yes. They artificially went like, bloop, vitamin D because people aren't getting enough of that. Because okay. that's how pharmaceuticals work. They just say bloop. Fantastic. So, okay. So, what? What are are there like? Those are all. That's the main stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Need to worry about. Like, is, is there? Are there like some sodium and there's some other yeah. stuff. You need so, are there like any like super important ones that are like, you know, you won't, you will die if you don't have these. Okay. So, what happens is like, what happens when you don't get really these essentials that you need, right? So, so like I said, fat is a. Um, you can store vitamins in fat, and uh, so if you fat have a soluble. lack of fat then you have poor vitamin absorption so it's it's harder to keep these vitamins that you need in your body so you might if you have a low fat you might want to discuss with your doctor about potentially having some vitamin supplements or something like that yeah. um you so want to talk just about the rest of the macronutrient uh let's just go into his question first let's just yeah, see yeah, so what, what happens saying. when you don't have vitamins yeah, yeah. so talk about so the, what happens when you don't have the macronutrients oh oh he's oh, asking about micronutrients yeah he's asking specifically yeah. about vitamins oh, yeah, okay. yeah yeah vitamins all right well then vitamins itself so vitamin a is one of those fat soluble ones and what it does is that it helps kind of do everything it helps form maintain healthy teeth bones soft tissue mucous membranes and skin but deficiency of vitamin a because vitamin a helps you see a deficiency of vitamin a can cause night blindness where you literally can't see at night because your does eyes that mean are so you're only bad. blind after like 8 p.m or is that like just low light blindness you know what i meant oh <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Uh, so if you don't have vitamin B, which is thiamine, uh, you can have some serious disorders like a disorder called beriberi, which is essentially just crazy nerve damage. This really horrible neurological disorder where you get like tremors and shakes and you can't stand, you can't walk right, you can't hold your limbs in positions that don't make people freak out. So berry berry, it's like sounds like some kind of candy. I uh, it's not. It's a neurological <laughs> disorder. Berry berry neurological. It is not something disorder. you want. It's berry. berry Although it does bad. sound like some sort of Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh, it's berry berry bad. I, I shouldn't be making fun of this. It's awful. That, that was horrible. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Anyone who has encountered that. Okay, um, so yeah, keep going. Yeah, so then there's, there's some other like you lack some of these other uh, vitamins like riboflavin, which is B2. You can have some anemia, but that's rare. So some of them are more interesting than others. Like like I said, a vitamin. Vitamin B1 deficiency is going to be really bad. A vitamin B2 deficiency is like it could potentially be kind of bad. And uh, yeah, so generally vitamins help your body function in general and help make sure things are getting fixed and structures are being stable. So if you start to not eat vitamins, 
things start to fall apart. It may it's probably not going to happen immediately. It'll probably happen slowly. But like you don't have vitamin C, you'll develop scurvy. Like things like that that are just insane. We should probably tell that to my brother because I don't think he's had a fruit or vegetable in like See, months. See, that's a problem. That's so what I was going to say is that like the thing is that these kind of um, vitamin deficiencies are really hard to get if you're eating any sort of normal very diet and yeah. we'll get into that i noticed later, that um i noticed that my cereal says it's fortified with vitamins yes does sir that, does that mean it has all the vitamins it has a lot of them okay. and it has a high percentage of your rda of a lot of them cool um but again a lot of the time of your vitamins what? what of your recommended daily ah, allowance there you go ah, that's good yes, you can't good, just throw acronyms call. at people sorry um but <laughs> I so like, i sort of know what that is but i don't actually know what the words are in general vitamins that are in food are more easily absorbed than vitamins that are put into food that are mm. fortified into food because potentially some of them require some sort of like matrix like they need to be in something mm. that your body like grabs and goes oh that's what this is and like absorbs it whereas it couldn't grab it if it was just by itself right well it could but just very inefficiently okay. so that's why there's such so high you're better off so you're better off consuming like natural vitamins that occur naturally yes. in the foods that they incur in yes. rather than fortified or at least be aware that if you're consuming from fortified food you're probably not getting the full percentage yes. for example well vitamin c you can just consume that as a supplement you'd be right. fine okay but uh like vitamin d like we talked about it's mm -hmm. a bit harder to get right sure awesome. especially if you live in like a low sunlight area yeah like yeah and then yeah. another uh so salt is technically a mineral. It's one of those uh, micronutrients. And yeah, and that, so you've got sodium and you've got chloride, because we're talking about sodium chloride, table salt. Um, mm -hmm. Both are important as different minerals in your body. They're both mm -hmm. ions that do some funky stuff. But uh, if you lack salt, you can increase your risk of cardiovascular disease and your risk of mortality in general. Really? Yeah. So, so you want to get enough salt. But isn't also eating, like, a ton of sodium bad? Again, yeah, it's a, so it's a U-shaped curve. If you don't okay. eat enough salt, your risk of cardiovascular disease and mortality increases. If you eat too much salt, same you thing. also have an increased risk of the so same So you gotta, you got to sort of play that game a little, right. like right in the middle. But and again, it's like kind of, I don't know. I feel the like guidelines there are not defined yeah. Yeah. well. We'll okay. talk about that later. All right, cool. Um, so then the last thing I think we should, the last question I have before we cut to a music break is, uh, okay, so we, we talked about what happens when you don't get enough of, of the micronutrients. Um, although we've sort of seen it's like not that hard to get the correct amount. Yeah, it's like of those. actually really hard to right. like have a vitamin to, deficiency. to have it efficient. You have to like actively try. So, <laughs> so I don't not want any vitamin C. If you, if you completely neglect eating fruits and vegetables, yeah, uh, that's right. what I mean. Yeah, fruits I mean, and vegetables well, I mean, are delicious. People do that. It's okay, yeah, but they're wrong. Forget you to should, eat them. Okay, I'm well, just saying. Anyway. I would disagree that vegetables are generally not. <laughs> anyway, that's because Zach is a two-year-old. Um, so. So okay, so what happens like when you guys calm yourselves? Um, so so what bad. happens when you don't get enough of like of macronutrients, right? Alrighty. So don't get enough fat, as we talked about before. You won't absorb vitamins so well because fat soluble vitamins will have little fat to solubilize in. Because okay, that's so, the scientific. So like, term. It, so <laughs> what you're saying is like if you so the fat soluble vitamins. Yes. The way you keep them in yourself is by putting them in fat. Exactly. Right? So yeah, that's why you don't need them every day because right, yes. they're stored but, in your body. But if you don't have any fat to put them in, then you will need to like you will need more of them mm -hmm. slash more frequently because you'll run out because you don't ever store them. Exactly. So yeah, cool. if you follow a super low fat diet, you totally aren't getting enough fat. You'll eventually have poor vitamin absorption. 
you could potentially decrease your good cholesterol. Um, your skin can start to get dry and rashy at extreme levels. You can even have difficulty sleeping and even potential uh, mental effects, including oh. distractibility and potentially depression. I was finding some conflicting studies about that, but that's an interesting thing to consider. And interestingly enough, uh, if you don't get protein, you start to feel lethargic and you have trouble sleeping, similar symptoms, right? But okay. also your healing will be slower because protein is such an important structural element of your okay. body. So you can't replace the things you lose. And if oh, you don't have I enough see. protein to maintain your muscle mass, you start to get muscle wastage as well. So you, like, you need to make sure you're getting enough protein. Cool. Uh, okay. And if you lack carbs, interestingly enough, uh, you're fine, potentially. <laughs> really? So there are no essential carbohydrates that okay. you need to take in, right? Okay. Because we talked about how fats right. can because you can be turn broken down into, if oh, necessary. And so, yeah, lack of carbs can initially cause fatigue and weakness because you're okay. not getting that glucose. But right. given a few days, your body enters ketosis, which is like some magical state <laughs> that we've developed that we can uh, basically survive starvation for a limited period of time and survive fasting and not having any glucose. Because you can only store glucose mm. for about 24 hours max. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So we need a mechanism that can use other things as fuel, such as stored fat. I see. So that's, so that's actually the purpose for stored fat then is that we can use it to m turn it into glucose later. Or, yeah, well, in this case, in yes, usually you would turn it into glucose um, or acetyl-CoA, actually. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. Acetate. But acetyl, yeah. But um, the ketosis is different. Your body literally enters like a different state of energy use where it primarily uses ketone bodies, which are produced from the fatty acids. Okay. Uh, so it just directly uses stuff from the fatty acids yes. instead of turning it cool. Well, it turns them into ketones. And this right. is all yeah. instead of but talking yeah. about just normal healthy people. So like if like your diabetic lack of carbs is like that's very different because I mean obviously there's a whole lot of other things there. But the point is that like if you're a normal person, carbs might not be entirely necessary. Yeah, you don't necessarily need them. Okay, cool. All right, so we're going to cut to a music break before we start talking about the actual um, fad diets, etc., that we're going to talk about this week. Um, thank you guys for listening. This is CornellRadio.com. We will be back in about five minutes-ish. All right. Hello. <laughs> for the longest <coughs> time. I picked that song. I was Dave, very happy with Dave that. Dave's still singing. Um, that's, a, that's a house favorite. Okay, so, uh, okay, so now we're back. Uh, we just talked about what happens when you eat things. Um, and what the different kinds of things Good that summary. you can eat are. So that's, a, that's accurate. That's about as accurate as fucking gets. This summarization thing. Anyway, um, okay. So now I have a new question, right? So we talked about what happens when I put things in my mouth. Uh, what things still accurate? Should I put in my mouth? Well, Shane. <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess, yeah, that's a good question. So we're going to talk about now. What exactly is a diet? What you should be eating to fulfill all of these macro and micronutrient requirements so you don't have these terrible diseases like beriberi? And so uh, I'll give it to Zach because this is Zach's right. area of expertise here. So calories. A good <laughs> distinction to make before we get started on this is that there's a difference between your diet and a diet. Okay. So your diet is what you usually eat over the course of like a week. Right. Like what is what is the food you just usually like the food consume? that I yeah. consume. Okay. And then a diet is so is a set of rules by which you modify your diet hmm. to fit into that. And so generally they're used to for fat loss, improve health, something along those lines, right? Okay. So usually people want to like lose fat. And then the, sure. to lose fat, they go, okay, I'll just lose weight. 
right? Okay. So that's an easy, quick way to do it. You'll lose muscle along with it too, but it, it's fine. It's worth it if you're obese. Yeah, exactly. So to lose weight, you need to eat less calories than you use Fewer. in a day. Fewer. Oh, wow. wow Fewer I calories. Up. Yeah, <laughs> so calories are basically just uh, a unit of energy. So you eat okay. carbs and fat and protein, and the energy they provide your body is some number of calories, right? Okay. So a gram of fat provides nine calories, and a gram of carb or carbohydrate or a gram of protein provides only four calories. So fats are very calorie-dense, right? Okay. They're also very satiating. Actually, that's not true. Protein is very satiating, but fat has a high volume compared to carbs. Okay. So, so, so if I had the same volume of like protein and carbs, mm-hmm. be much more. Or sorry, if I had, yeah, it would yeah. be much more full from the protein. Yes, absolutely. Than from it's the like carbs. yeah, it gets very difficult to um, eat a ton of protein. Okay, and I would be consuming more calories if I had the same weight In of fat, fat yes. and either carbs because it is just physically more calorie okay. dense. Cool. Right. So that's why fatty foods have so many calories in them because right, there's right, a right. certain amount of fat. And this idea calories. is also important in why, you know, when people say they're on a diet, you hear a lot about like counting calories. And that's like, well, that's where this comes from. You yep. know, that's why you have to like physically know what you're eating so you know what to cut out. Because At if you want yeah. to eat less fat, that means you have to eat fewer calories of fat. So you have to know how much, how many calories of fat you eat normally and know what to cut out. So cool. if you want to lose a pound of fat, or really just a pound of body weight in general, um, it's about 3,500 calories that you have to lose, right? The, okay. You have to be so you under... Have to, so, you have to, so you have to burn 3,500 calories that you're not exactly. consuming. So if you usually, say in a week, right, you would normally eat like 2,000 calories a day. Hmm. Over the course of that week, you need to somehow, if you were going to lose a, total, a pound of fat in a week, you would have to find 3,500 calories to take out of your to diet. To take out of your diet. Okay, which so... Is, a significant amount, right? So maybe you wouldn't want to lose yeah, a that's, pound that's a week. So more than a day's worth. That's almost two days worth of calories that you have yes, to cut out. Right. So technically, if you ate normally for a week and then just didn't eat Saturday and Sunday, which would be terrible. We'll talk about that. But <laughs> right. And hypothetically, so, hypothetically, <laughs> in an ideal world where your body didn't change at all based <laughs> on those things, um, yeah. but because so, especially we talked about, you need some things every day. Right. So it, so it works though. Like so, just like to give a little anecdote. Um, so I, I'm on the Taekwondo, on the Taekwondo sport club team. He's real good. He kicks a lot of people in the face. I'm not real good, but I do kick a lot of people and not in the face. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I, three ain't bad. I had to, one out of three, ain't bad. <laughs> I had to, um, I had to fight heavyweight in the last tournament. Um, and these guys know heavyweight means 172 pounds or over for most people or, me because i'm the biggest person on c team for me which was really unfortunate because i was about 160 pounds which is not enough because some of those guys are you know like 220 230 pounds which is a lot bigger than me um so i was trying to gain weight actually at the beginning of the semester um so i was doing the opposite of this and trying to gain about a pound and a half to two pounds a week so which meant eating about 700 700 to a thousand calories extra a day yeah uh which is a lot in case anyone's you know worried that was i mean it was like 4400 calories a day that's like a Um, fourth meal or more right it was four large meals. it's four large meals uh it was a lot of food i was eating more than zach and zach weighs like 60 pounds more than me yeah um (laughs) so and it worked just to point out like it worked exactly mathematically as it should have worked I gained almost exactly a pound and a half to two pounds a week. Um, and so now I am a whopping 168 and a half pounds, 
which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, so so it works both ways. You either need you know deficit, and that so that works out to a pound a week is about five hundred, or it's five hundred calories a day. Um, yeah, because thirty ah. five hundred divided by seven. seven. Um, so yeah, so you either need to eat five hundred calories more trying to gain a pound a week, or or five hundred calories less, which like a day. Is, yeah, right, a day, a day. Um, which you know is like, it's like you're having a bagel and cream cheese, like a New Jersey bagel. That's like. It's about a half to a whole. There's New literally nothing to be proud of when it comes to your state. Oh my god! You Except are, for uh, bagels, you're so wrong. Pizza. Okay. Anyway. Um, okay. So continue. So we're still talking about <laughs> bagels. Um, what are the, how, how many how many things should I eat, um, and why? Okay. So um, there are recommendations for an approximate breakdown in your diet, like what percentage of protein, fat, carbs per calorie. So this is a per calorie percentage, right? So as for protein, it says 10 to 35% of your total calorie, total calorie intake. So for me, in terms of how much protein that is, that works out to about a gram per kilogram of my body weight at the minimum. That okay. comes out to about 10% for me. Um, so that's a good minimum point for most people. Okay. The FDA recommends like 56 grams for adult males like four, a day and like 46, or no, 65 and 56. So 65 for males, okay. 56 for females. I think that's, from what I've read, that Too seems low. low. Especially low. A, for a sedentary person who's like, has a low, is like, <laughs> I love the way much. Sedentary. Yeah. Uh, that's probably fine. For right. anyone who's even remotely active or is like over 150 yeah. pounds, right. or so is like fit, larger than yeah. the average person of their gender, you want right. more protein. 15% of my like bulking, like, um, you know, like daily intake was 132 grams. So that was when I was trying to gain a pound and a half a week, but that was like more than twice the suggested amount, um, which means that like stabilizing, I probably should have been at like, I don't know, maybe 190 to 100 grams, which is still way more yeah, than 65. as a minimum usually probably. Yeah. Um, and the thing about protein is like you really can't have too much of it. It's, there are no side effects. There's some slight evidence that maybe says there's, if, you, if you have impaired kidney function, mm. It might be hard to process like an enormous amount of protein, but that's like only like, applies to a very small subset of the population anyway. Yeah, and then in that small subset, you'd have to intentionally consume like up to fifty percent of your diet and protein to have that effect, which is just like absurd. <laughs> that would be so hard. It would yeah, be physically well, especially because like, like yeah, because it's that because it's so filling too, yeah, right? Exactly. Like of all the things, protein is the most filling. So right. eating that much protein, you just would be stuffed all the time. So then uh, for fats, it's recommended 20 to 35% of your calorie intake, which is about right. Like uh, the, some of the things I said is if you can keep your fat intake under 35%, mm -hmm. you're pretty good. Okay. And from there, you have to kind of partition what fats you're eating, mm. which we'll talk about in a little bit. Okay. Um, but so you want like about 20 to 35% of your daily diet in fat and then the rest carbohydrates. So that's 45 to 65%. Just, you know, go crazy. And then among all that, you have to make sure you're eating vegetables so you can get your micronutrients. Right. And uh, fruits too. Fruits too. Um, there are some concerns that some people have that fruits are like too sugary, like too much right. fructose. And that's potentially true. Like if you're yeah. just drinking fruit juice uh, like a ton, that's a lot of, like you are getting those few vitamins, right. but that's like, a, that's a lot of calories that might add up and you might kind of not want that. 
So yeah, just, so at that point, right, you'd be you'd be consuming enough calories right. that it that you would run out of calories that you should consume in a day before yeah. you would likely hit your upper barrier of the amount of sugar you can consume. Right. Probably, right? So um yeah, but so for vegetables you can practically eat as much of those as you want. Like you're never gonna have too many vitamins absorbed from that. And also they have they're minimally caloric. Like right. in general. They yeah, will you sure. can, practically doesn't like i don't count the calories in the vegetables i eat yeah and right it, that seems well, like he counts the calories in literally everything he eats <laughs> not like like it's, precisely. it's I, actually really weird no, that was me i was worse about you, like, that like eat breakfast with a calculator <laughs> <laughs> i eat a calculator for breakfast um <laughs> that's different <laughs> so um and yeah and then fruits you just have to be aware they have calories in them like it, a, a regular like large slightly largest banana that's 100 calories like a largish apple, 100 calories. A big cool. old cup of blueberries, 80 to 100 calories. So cool. just kind of be aware I of that. I love blueberries. Blueberries are amazing. I would love to. Oh, my. I want a cup of blueberries so badly Least right now. fruit. You're so wrong. What the? Uh, you're I just so wrong. Like I just, they I just can't don't even, do anything for I me. I can't handle you. Um, so in terms of eating, you also have to make sure to vary your diet, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, so, because the part of this is that. So when we say carbs, fats, proteins, you know, we, we say these things in very general terms, but the truth is that like, there are different kinds of these things. So, you know, so what you're saying is I shouldn't just have the same food that has a balanced, like amount of fats, proteins, and carbs for every single meal, every single day. Although you potentially could, if it literally had everything you, you, you needed in it, right. everything. you could okay. do that. But that's okay. however, that really food difficult. does not currently exist, maybe. Maybe. There's Except something. that Soylent thing. Soylent, yeah. It's sort of a, it's a liquid, it's just a drink that's supposed to have all your vitamin and macronutrient and calorie requirements for a given day just to replace food. And it's sort uh, of expensive. Though. It's like yeah, fish food. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see where that goes okay. for people. But uh, that's just an interesting thing to note. But yeah, so it's important to vary your diet because, you know, when these things aren't really available, you have to get, you know, these different kinds of fats and proteins and carbs so you have to eat different foods. You can't just eat the same breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, even if it like meets your calorie requirements. It's still, it, it might not be the best way to go because you're just going to be missing out on some things that are super important. Okay. It's also very important not to just like classify foods as like, oh, that's a carb, that's a protein, that's a fat, because there's a lot of crossover. And in terms of varying your diet, like if you eat a ton of meat, that is pretty much primarily protein, but could have a bit of fat. If you eat a lot of pasta, that's primarily carbohydrates. But for every, like, 70 grams of carbs you get, you're getting, like, 15 grams of protein. And if it's fortified with more protein, then you can get up to, like, 20 grams, which is pretty significant. Which is pretty crazy because everybody, like, you know, you see that, like, stupid food pyramid, which just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and you see, like, oh, okay, carbs. Pasta is a carb. Well, no, it has carbs. It yeah. is mostly carbs, but it also has protein. So, like... Where does that put it? And yeah, like what what do you call milk then? That yeah, has, it has a reasonable amount of sugar in terms of uh, what is it like lactase? Or lactose. Something? Lactose. Yeah, lactose. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, lactose, lactose intolerance. So, but it's got a very reasonable amount of protein, and depending Casein. on what kind of milk you get, and also uh, um, I don't remember what it's called. Well, yeah, I thought whey was well, extracted. Whey, is whey, whey protein right, right. isolated. Yeah, yeah, extracted. yeah. 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 Um, but the point is that all these different foods that you're going to eat are not just one yeah. type of food. Right. There's no food that just is a carb or is a protein or is a fat. They which have all these different things in them. At which the same unfortunately, time. I would think means doing like a little bit more thinking 
because you can't just say i had some carbs you have to actually know like i had some pasta which had carbs and protein and just be yeah unfortunately if you want to like lose weight and do have a healthy diet you kind of have to like now if you're looking looking for things to classify as carbs pure table sugar there you go that's a carb (laughs) that's all that is if you need more carbs in your diet start drinking sugar (laughs) (laughs) It's a terrible idea. Kool-Aid. Don't don't do that. There are lots of other bad things that go along Drink with that. Um, okay, so okay, so there's weird. speaking of not just drinking straight table sugar. Um, are there other things that you just shouldn't eat ever, or that you should only eat a small amount of? Um, so there are things. That there, so there's nothing like you can. We talked about like some things you can have too much of, like sodium. You know, there's there's a certain limit to like the amount you can eat. So of course there's like differences in amounts, but in terms of like what not to eat, there isn't anything that you just shouldn't eat except, except trans that's fats. That's a big except. Those are pretty much universally crappy. Trans fats are just. I was looking around. I couldn't bad. find out what they do in your body. I don't really think they do anything in your body that's of importance. Trans fats? Yeah, trans fats. They don't do anything so, good in your body. Yeah. They don't do it right. No, okay, no. yes. They don't have any positive effects. Right. So but what they do is that they um, can increase the heart, the coronary heart disease risk, raise your low-density lipoproteins, which, is, which are bad cholesterol, lowers HDLs, high-density lipoprotein, which is good cholesterol, so it raises bad cholesterol, lowers good cholesterol, increases your risk of heart disease. promotes general inflammation. <laughs> so apparently random terrible. parts of you just get inflamed, which is right. insane. General but, but the worst part about this is that it's not like, oh, well, you can have it in moderation. Literally a gram or two will can cause these effects to some degree. Wow. Yeah, like one to three percent of total energy intake. Which so just me, actually avoid at all costs. Like trans fats. Actually, they've now, been like taking trans fats yes, out of food. Trans- That's what I was, like, I was just going to say, though. hard to find trans fats I was just going to say, I was just going to say, though, like I, I do notice that like every once in a while someone will mention like, oh, this has trans fat and it's like a big deal yeah. and that thing disappears immediately mm-hmm. yep. exactly um so like that at least at least like the fda is doing a very good job of like yes. keeping people from providing us the thing you have to watch fat. though when you're reading those nutrition labels right it'll say zero yeah. grams of trans fat right. that means it has between zero and 0.5 grams of right. trans fat. Right, right, what right. you want to look for in the nutrition or in the ingredients list partially hydrogenated oils and that'll tell you okay but anything else other than trans fats, you know, is essentially, you know, it's going to have some good things. Don't eat it too much. Everything in moderation, including moderation. And everything so is in the context of your fats, diet. Exactly. So, but anything that's not trans fats can serve a purpose, can be useful, can be used. So there's nothing that's like inherently unhealthy except trans fats. Okay, cool. So um, I think I've learned enough things that I can now ask... Um, so there's like a lots of there's lots of diets with names um, yeah. that are sometimes That's long true. and lots of times make no sense and sometimes are named after people that I've heard and know pretty much nothing about. <laughs> um, so, uh, w- uh, why are they good? Are they bad? Is it bad to follow any diet? Are like some diets fine? Please help me. I'm confused and scared. Yeah. So. Um, Yeah, yeah. So the important things to consider when you're looking at a diet are, does it give you enough of the essential nutrients that you absolutely need? Okay. Right? That's the first. If you don't get that, you're not going to be healthy. You're not not helpful to you. That makes sense. That's terrible. 
The next most important thing is how easy is it to follow? Because you want to minimize the psychological stress that you encounter okay. when you're trying to follow. A like diet. counting calories is complicated, but like if it causes you so much stress, then it's almost more worth it. It's actually probably more worth it to just eat whatever you want and not become you know very very stressed out about it. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's like It'll make small you more unhealthy. Yeah. Are not like big changes aren't worth the psychological stress sometimes. Okay. Small changes are cool. Better. Good to know. Then another qual uh, way to look at the quality of a diet is does it do you have the ability to customize it to your own needs right so given your maybe financial situation the fact that i'm a broke situation. college student yeah. who basically only shops at bj's in right. large quantities and buys shout out to bj's that lasts forever thank you so much and then the last measure is is there scientific support behind it which is okay just because it doesn't have scientific support doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it potentially hasn't been tested yet or okay. haven't been conclusive results. The point of having scientific support is to show that it has the first three things, that it has sufficient mm. nutrient intake, it's easy, it's easy to customize, it doesn't stress you out. So the point of scientific support is to show you that it like isn't terrible. Mm. Okay, cool. That seems totally so reasonable. what we did was we took a look at some of the more um, popular diets out there today, and we... Uh, just, just a couple of them to give you a heads up of like what's kind of out there, what to look for, and how these kind of diets hold up to what we've been talking about so far when it comes to dieting is just what you need to put in your body, and there's no real secret to it. Okay. So I'll, let's give, uh, I'm going to give Zach right. the floor because he started off on our first diet so here. So we'll start with the Atkins diet, which is a low-carb diet and also a ketogenic diet in one of its stages. So uh, we'll start with the ketogenesis or ketosis is the state your body enters once you're on a ketogenic diet. So the induction phase of the Atkins diet, you lower, you take out pretty much all carbs except 20 grams of carbs. But okay. those 20 grams of carbs have to come from just vegetables. So that means like right. when you start, that's the first thing that's you do. That's the first thing you okay. do. Okay, so the first thing you do is cut out everything except for 20 grams of carbs per day. So that seems very No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Well, you're yeah, cutting yeah. You out, out all carbs. You can eat whatever you yeah. want besides carbs. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to Atkins diet, you yeah, can yeah. eat however many, right. much protein yeah. and fat right. as you want, so when you start, but you can only have 20 okay. grams of carbs. So when you start, you can eat whatever you want except for your carb intake is limited to 20 grams. Yes. Per day. Okay, cool. So um, then what happens is then your carb intake is so low, there's not enough glucose in your body to sort, support brain function, and your brain can't use fatty acids to support your brain function themselves because they can't cross the blood-brain barrier, They're right? too big. Yeah. So, so, okay, wait, so, actually so large your, brain, your brain needs lots of energy, yeah? Yes. So, like, that's what we're talking about here yes. is, like, what's really important is that, like, you have to power your body, but also, like, your brain uses some exceptional yep. proportion of, like, the amount of energy that you consume. So, if you stop consuming glucose, which is really, really easy to just, like, immediately use as energy and, needs to find, and, and put it in your brain, your brain's like, well... I'm drowning over here. Give me something else. Exactly. So what happens is your body starts to enter ketosis. Okay. And cool. what this does is it starts releasing ketone bodies from the fatty acids in your body, stored fat or what you're just eating. Just another chemical. Yep. And so that just can power your brain. And there you go. Now you've got uh, your brain is powered. You're fine. So uh, what ketosis does, you have uh, increased uh, satiation signals for fat. So when you eat a lot of fat, you feel satiated by it. Full. Right, which, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and there's a, you're not eating carbs, which can sometimes tend to like make you feel like want to eat more carbs. Mm. Um, and generally, when you're eating a high-protein diet, protein is satiating. It's making right. you feel full. So that's, that's why this like a ketogenic diet can make you lose weight quickly. Because you're makes full, you feel so you full. actually yes. eat fewer calories. And it's hard to eat a ton of protein. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the science says 
this is pretty much fine. There haven't been okay. people who have maintained this in a scientific study for like more than a year, but I've seen up to six months with no ill effects, like successful okay. weight loss. Good. So, but the thing about this is that you can't eat more than 50 grams of carbs a day pretty much to stay in like true ketosis. That's a cup of rice a day of carbs wow. maximum. That is nothing. <laughs> That's so unfortunate. And there's, there's so also, many carbs. Yeah. There's so many things that have way more carbs yes. than that that I just want to eat. carbs are delicious. No candy yeah. for you. So, and then also anecdotally, um, but I've seen it a quite a bit, uh, ketosis can cause e loose poops. Uh, so you got to make sure you're getting your fiber because when you're cutting out all those carbs, you're cutting right. out a lot of sources of fiber. Oh, okay. Diet. So you just have to take something like Metamucil, psyllium husk, something like that. Got just it. some kind of fiber you can easily take. Okay. So back to the Atkins diet, right? You slowly increase your carbs and you keep going until... Yeah, there's, there's yeah. several phases and uh, as these phases go on, you're allowed more and more carbs back into your diet because the point is to make a radical change and then sort of build back up to normal levels while keeping weight off. Oh, okay. So, the, so, so you initially yes. are trying to like lose a lot of weight and then get back to a point where you can eat normally. Right. Well, was, and you, and you okay. transition Without to eating back. normally while you're still losing weight. So okay. by the time you reach a maintenance level, you're at your goal weight. Ooh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Okay. So um, and the idea behind low-carb gen uh, diets generally, even outside of ketosis, but also including ketosis, is that since it's harder to convert the fatty acids into the energy your body needs, it costs more energy, so you use more calories. So there's like a metabolic advantage in okay. that you'll just burn more calories just with a different diet. So you don't have to eat less, you just have to eat differently. Oh, wow. However, no studies have shown this to be conclusively <laughs> true. Ah. So, and the studies that have, have shown on, that have shown like there's a slight advantage on average, if you look at the actual participants in the study, some of them like radically change their metabolic rates in the opposite direction. So they like, when they went on into ketosis or on a low carb diet, their metabolic rates went down. That's so they burn fewer calories. So okay. really it depends on the individual. Right. And so you so, can't say for sure. So really what what's helping you here is just what helps in general in a ketogenic diet. Yep. Plus the fact that it has this nice aspect of building you back up to a no longer ketogenic diet. Yes. Um, Exactly. At about the same point that you hit your maintenance weight. Right. Exactly. So you get to, you change your diet, you lose weight, you get to a goal weight, and then as you hit this goal weight, you're allowed to eat your normal diet again. And so the point is to just try to keep going and well, it's try not to necessarily keep that your normal off. diet. Well, it's, okay, it's but your, it's, it's, it's back a healthier to a diet. more normal diet. Yeah, but with, less. And you've learned now how to look at your diet from a certain perspective mm -hmm. to like figure. And you figure as you add in the carbs, you go, oh, did this make me suddenly like eat ton, a ton of carbs? Did it make me lose weight real quick? Uh, gain weight real quickly? I better not eat this. I so see. You figure out what you can and can't eat. Okay. And so at lifetime maintenance, you can eat oatmeal and rice and higher carb fruits and stuff, and you can your carbs can be up to probably a few like 100 grams or so, so because at this, this point more. you've been dieting for so long that yeah, right. like you said so it's like also sort of like a learning mechanism yes yeah. so you actually also just learn how to eat better exactly mm -hmm. which could which probably plays a huge it does it does play it plays a huge part in being able to maintain the weight you lost that's so, cool yeah so it forces it requires that you eat vegetables this diet and it specifies which ones you should eat okay. so it basically covers the essential nutrient intake awesome. criteria um Ease of following, if you can get past that first like mo like month or so where mm. you really can't eat any carbs, you'll do fine. Okay. Um, can you customize it to your own needs? No, not really. Right. Um, so you can eat any foods other than those carbs, yeah, but, but the uncustomizable part is the amount of carbs you're consuming. Yeah, and which is a huge change for most people. Right. right. Yeah. So that means no pasta for a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, crap. and the thing is, some people have criticized it because it requires you to eat like a very significant amount of fat. Like a much higher percentage of your diet is sure. fat than it would usually be. Like it's above that thirty-five percent right. like yeah, recommended definitely. intake. But um, it's it's there's trouble. The science on fat is kind of iffy. Right. So if you do get a ton of fat, like with a normal like relatively high carb diet, you could potentially raise your LDL levels. And you you could potentially increase your risk for cardiovascular disease, but that doesn't really seem to be the case. Maybe here. Okay. And then it also depends what kind of fat you're eating. Like if you manage to eat all trans fats with this, well, yeah, kill sure. yourself. But if you manage to stick with like unsaturated fats primarily, saturated fats aren't necessarily bad. They're just they're less guaranteed yeah. to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. So <laughs> just to sort of like move move along a little bit. So basically, summary here is that like. This is helpful because you're consuming more of things that basically make you full. Yes. Um, so you're consuming more fats and more protein. So you're going to be more full, which means you, from will, less eat, food. you will eat yep. fewer calories yeah. because you're going to be more full from less food. Um, and then it teaches you sort of how to keep track of how many things you're eating, what you should eat, uh, while slowly working you back toward like a reasonable amount, uh, a reasonable proportion of carbs. Um are there any i mean so okay so bad things potentially could just be the very serious restrictiveness of being cut down to 20 grams a day of of carbohydrates and the high fat intake may and possibly and possibly the high fat intake um okay so and both of those are sort of like on a case-by-case basis if it doesn't stress you out at all to drop down to 20 carbs a day work then it's not a big deal if it's really really freaking you out having to keep track of how many carbs you're eating and you feel like you're failing every time you don't probably not a good place it is to go. not worth it okay so let's move on one last thing about Atkins, oh, okay, though, go um, for it. my mom also uh, had this anecdotal evidence about how potentially low carb diets such as atkins can help with fertility and uh, maybe maybe not yes. didn't really find anything that was like super scientific about that the end result is that there isn't really an answer to that sorry mom the thing is that <laughs> maybe higher protein intake if your protein intake was previously mm. too low which would happen on the atkins diet because you can eat carbs right <laughs> will then like promote a more structurally sound like egg and fetus but all that's like saying that. is that like if you had a shitty diet and then you go to a mo- more reasonable yes. diet your fertility is going to be better which is like of course so it has nothing to do with the atkins diet Necessary. it's right. just Got having it. a yeah. better diet in general. okay all right let's move on okay um the next, next one diet. is my personal least favorite thing mine too related to food so this one the paleo diet all right take it away dave go for it literally the most ridiculous diet i've ever heard of in my entire life i'm about to take a huge shit on the paleo diet because it's the fucking stupidest thing i've ever heard of all right right, go for it the paleo diet essentially focuses on the idea that we should eat the way our ancestors in the paleolithic age ate ten thousand years ago before the advent of agriculture they're essentially saying that we should live like hunter gatherers and eat like hunter gatherers and exercise like hunter gatherers (laughs) Which is fucking insane. (laughs) Because, okay. All right, I'm relaxed, I'm calm. Just get a little worked up about this. Dave Dave does evolution. So, So, like, evolutionary biology. So anything on a long time scale that is wrong makes him upset. That's correct. (laughs) Um, So, basically what the paleo diet advocates is that because in our hunter-gathering days, this is before we invented agriculture, we weren't eating these really heavily processed grains and wheats and stuff like that. But... What we were eating was, you know, a lot of meats that we hunted and killed and, you know, made ourselves. And then um, a lot of, like, berries and nuts and really simple kind of plant things that we gathered. 
hunter-gatherers. That's like kind of what it is. Mm. So basically what they say is that you should have a much higher protein intake than a normal diet, than like the average person. Higher protein intake, um, higher fiber intake, um, moderate to higher fat intake, but a much lower carb intake and uh, fewer foods that... um, are processed that are like processed plant materials so like anything that you have to like grow you should avoid according to the paleo diet this seems this seems sort of similar to where we just went with the keto diet um sort of low carb type sort of like the low carb thing but it sounds like there are the difference is like they're also specifying what kinds of food you should eat exactly okay so the problem with this diet is that Oh, actually, I guess I'll talk about the exercise regimen, too, because exercise is actually kind of tied into the paleo. Yeah, I, I just worry about the actual food for now. Like, focus on, like, what does it restrict you to eating? Well, like I said, it restricts you to eating these uh, berries, nuts, you know, things like that, and then meats, lots of meat. So, lots of meat cooked very simply, and basically, you're supposed to make as the diet as simple as possible. Like, how would a caveman prepare a gourmet meal, is the thinking. <laughs> okay. And, so the problem with this diet is that it says that we should eat this way because we are genetically and evolutionarily adapted to eating this way. You know, we evolved to have a certain diet. And so 10,000 years ago, we were cavemen and that's what we had and that's the food we had. And then we invented agriculture. And then in oh, 10,000 years, which is a very short period of time in evolutionary terms, that we suddenly have vastly changed our diets. And the claim is that we've changed our diets faster than we are able to evolutionarily adapt to being able to process and digest and absorb these new foods. Okay. The claim is that we shouldn't eat processed plant foods because our bodies aren't used to it. So is that true? Okay, a couple of things. First big assumption they make is that our bodies have not changed in 10,000 years that we and that we are exactly adapted to how we lived 10,000 years ago, which is just stupid. It's very possible for large-scale changes to take place. But bigger assumptions they make are that um, that we didn't eat grains at all 10,000 years ago, which just isn't true. There is very good scientific evidence saying that we started eating grains over 10 or 20,000 years ago. That's long before we invented agriculture. So even according to their own things that we have adapted to be able to eat these things because surprise, surprise, we're goddamn omnivores. That's what (laughs) we are. What does that mean? It means we eat both meat and vegetables. We're not herbivores like deer who only eat thing or like... Well, birds are kind of all over the place. There are some that are... Never mind. Um, Okay, true, yeah. The point is, the problem with the paleo diet is that the assumptions that they make are fundamentally flawed. Okay. And so any results that they've shown from the paleo diet, it's impossible to distinguish between saying that, oh, the paleo diet is so good that it made these people better, or that people who went from formerly having no diet and sitting on a couch all day went to having some control over what they eat, of course there's going to be some sort of positive change. And it's no, there's no way to prove that the paleo diet did anything. Yeah, there's an important thing to think about when you hear any and someone say anything about like, oh, I had this diet and it helped me, is that they went on a diet, therefore they started paying attention to what they were eating. Right. And the diet had restrictions. And even if the restrictions are like arbitrary, 
sometimes they'll just cut out good, like bad foods. And by right. bad, I mean like things Doritos that, yeah. that you and eat. Pop-tarts. Yeah, so things that if you eat a lot in large quantities don't provide many micronutrients and provide a lot of calories. And so those things get chopped out by these restrictions. And so they do, even though the restrictions are relatively arbitrary, like the gluten-free diet. Don't eat gluten, bam. Like for non-celiac disease people, that that is pretty much irrelevant. And so, but like by cutting out gluten, you cut out like cake and right. cookies and all and these even, things. I would think even if you're not specifically cutting out quote unquote bad things, um, the paleo diet, I'm looking at our notes on it right now. It's really specific. It's, there's it's a lot restrictive. of restrictive. So, so even if you were, even if that like only left in like, you know, some like unhealthy things, like, you wouldn't be able to eat a lot of them because it just isn't it's not easy to eat large amounts of like this very small uh, like kinds of food they, especially like, because of a very high protein thing right. which again we talked about yeah, it's right. hard to eat there's a like, lot of protein there's like 10 different kinds of food you can eat here and that's pretty much it and everything else is like cut out so as a result it would be i would think difficult to even think of consuming 3000 calories of this food a day just because finding 3000 calories of this food a day would be hard yeah. which is also why when we were cavemen we were real skinny <laughs> also yeah one last thing about why the paleo diet is fucking stupid is the fact that if they think we are so much healthier as cavemen which they do they the literally the guy who invented it says that it's the food and lifestyle changes the new ways we're eating and living are the cause of the major chronic illnesses which is stupid because he thinks we're so much healthier when we were cavemen we have vaccines now we have so much we our average lifespan has increased like incredibly yeah so it's stupid to say that cavemen were healthier than us because they ate more healthily that seems like it seems like a weird assumption that's a very strange assumption yeah also it's based on the assumption that like we were like at our evolutionary like prime in terms of consuming (laughs) food when we were cavemen and like were perfectly matched to the food that was available instead of being matched to a large variety of food and also having like being able to eat the food that was there next, and which to is us. another bad assumption about evolution because that's saying that like evolution for some reason has some perfect goal in mind, and that somehow it attained it ten thousand years ago, and then we said fuck that, we're ignoring you. No, <laughs> that's not how evolution works. All right, let's move on. I think is there only one more? I There's mean, one uh, more major diet we can just talk about real quick. Right? Do you want to just go through? So that Zach mentioned this real fast. Is yeah. So gluten-free the gluten free diet, right? That's absolutely required for someone with celiac disease. Otherwise, they'll which is show an allergy of, to yeah, gluten, the gluten protein. Yeah. It, they'll show a ton of terrible symptoms, and it's no fun. So gluten's just—it's just a protein in wheat and grain similar to wheat. That's all it is, right? And so people may claim to be gluten sensitive. Uh, the one major study I found says no. <laughs> they took out—they put gave people two diets, right? And for one of them, the same set of people, they gave different diets for extended periods of time. The one, they took out all other sources of inflammation that they could think of and like irritation in their stomach, but left gluten in. And the other one, they took out everything, including gluten, right? Mm. And there were no, no differences. Difference. So, so it seems like the problem is actually just like there are other, inflammation yes. in your like digestive and tract those and come not... along with those things that can cause the inflammation are in things that have gluten. Got it. And so, so it's not the gluten itself. Yes. Okay. So there are potential benefits to removing uh, certain grains from your diet. Maybe, probably not entirely. Probably better just to minimize them. Yeah. Um, the, but the science isn't on that sort of thing. So they're still looking at that. Um, and to be when you're on the gluten-free diet, you just have to be careful because a lot of the gluten-free breads and things they aren't fortified with vitamins and minerals like uh, like regular kind of processed mm. bread that we have is. And so right. you might be deficient in micronutrients. So you just need to you just yeah. need to keep track of those right. things and make sure you're still eating them. 
and not just assume you're getting them from your bread. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But but in general, just simply completely eliminating gluten from your diet is like sort of silly unless, unless you, you have, have celiac, celiac disease. disease. Yeah, it's another one. Of, it's like an arbitrary restriction that right. like, now that you're that looking at your diet because it's and a because you remove cookies and I, donuts. I sense for, a theme yeah. here, guys. Uh, yeah, no, that's um, that's really the theme. Okay, we have some more random things. Well, here, let's like, just yeah, let's quickly, go through them real quick. Yeah. Liquid diets are fucking stupid because <laughs> you should only use those if you have a medical procedure coming up <laughs> because you you just can't get the full nutrient intake from a liquid diet. You just can't. And unless you're having to, like a steak shake. Right. So we talked about Soylent, which could potentially be a liquid diet that is valid because it just has everything but most liquid diets are like a liquid cleanse yeah. which will do not much but make you pee out of your butt not to mention <laughs> which is never a pleasant experience not to mention like you know I mean like we were talking before about some foods have like making you more full than yeah. other foods like liquids are not no. those liquids foods. are not one of those foods. they're not making you you're, you're gonna consume a lot more like the significantly higher cal- caloric intake if you're trying to like keep yourself full with liquids than if you were using you the know, reason those foods food. make you more full is because your body has to process them, and if they're in liquid form, it goes through really fast. Yeah, yeah, the right. reason that I drink milk, besides the fact that milk is delicious, is because it's not as filling as real food, and so I can meet my caloric <laughs> intake requirement. Yeah, you can eat a lot more. You can consume far more calories. Next up, we have the uh, raw food diet, which, oh my god, this is a real thing. <laughs> this is insane. So, okay, so let's talk about, like, so basically... Raw food diet, if you eat a raw food diet, you're going to have a lot of nutritional deficiencies, which can lead to being underweight, which can lead to a load of other health problems, such as amenorrhea, which is the absence of a menstrual period. So it can make you think you're like pregnant or something, which is terrifying, but also it's just bad for you. But also, if you eat a raw food diet, you can get food poisoning because fucking duh! (laughs) You're you're not eating, you're not cooking your food! Yeah, so... That's so stupid! Yeah, just the thing that we like are rolling our eyes over here is like, Food grows bacteria on it because bacteria also likes food, and it likes our food. And when you put it in like really hot temperatures, the bacteria die. Correct. And so you can eat it without bacteria growing inside of you. If you don't cook food, the bacteria also grow inside of you, <laughs> and then you get sick, and that's dumb. So okay. that one's pretty goofy. Yeah. So um, then we've got. Yeah. If it fits your macros, which is also known as flexible dieting, which is big in the fitness community right now. And what that basically says is get enough micronutrients, get enough fiber, and get enough of your and get the right ratio of macronutrients. Which doesn't that's sound it. like a real diet because it and just sounds like that. That's a diet. it. Yeah. It's literally it's like it's you barely if you so, are like vaguely yeah. aware of how much protein you're eating and how many calories you're eating, you basically fit that diet. So this is what Zach and I do. Essentially when yeah. we're trying to sort of keep track of our weight, which Zach is all the time and I am occasionally. Um and I mean, it's basically just like, you know, it seems like this, this would be all of the things in this minus any of the like psychological trickery and any potential stress involved with like limiting your diet more than just saying, I'm going to have this many calories a day and they're going to be of this kinds of food. Um, and that's it. And it has pretty much the exact same effect. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, this is it's highly, <laughs> this, this is, fits. I'm going to put like, this is just going to be in fricking flashing letters, like bright colors. Like this is the easiest one. Um, and it just is, it's really, it's like so trivially, it's like, just because it's not really food any and sort of diet. It's, it's just sort of, it's right. Just it just says, follow the outlines yeah, that make sense. Food. Right. According to science. Uh, last thing, one more thing, diet pills. Don't do diet pills unless your doctor says to go on diet pills. Diet okay. pills are stupid yes. and potentially dangerous. Basically it's just stimulants. It jacks up your metabolism just a little bit and suppresses your appetite just a little bit. And okay. that's about it. So okay, so it makes you a little bit less hungry, yeah. but also digest food mm-hmm. a little bit faster. But also, you're, then you're taking a stimulant just to do that. Yeah, it doesn't seem yeah. worth it. But 
In an overall summary, when it comes to dieting, the whole point is that there is no best diet. There isn't some magic diet out there that can instantly solve all of your problems. There isn't one. It doesn't exist. You have to figure out what you're eating, figure out your caloric intake, figure out what sorts of uh, macro and micronutrients you need, and then figure out a diet from the ground up that fits your fits your body, fits your lifestyle, fits your uh, financial uh, sense. It just you have to kind of put in the work. There isn't a magic diet. And just to throw in some little thing at the end, dispel some myths, uh, your metabolism is not really affected by how many times you eat a day. So you hear some people like, oh, I'm going to start losing weight. I'm going to eat seven meals a day. Uh, it, no. I mean, it just, there's no reason. Yeah. If that's easier for you, oh my God, go ahead and do it. That's, that's awesome. Like, but it's not going to help you. But it's not going to help weight. you lose weight any faster than eating one giant meal a day. Which your is one, still of, has to process one of our all roommates. Food. One of our roommates, yeah. for the record, <laughs> pretty much eats like one two to 3,000 calorie meal per day which is absurd and i don't know how but he manages yeah. it the other important thing is that also when you eat doesn't really affect uh mm. your metabolism either so you can eat so like, eating eating like, after dinner yeah, is the same as eating before dinner it's right. just you're eating more food because you've already yeah probably it comes down to how many meals. calories did you eat right so if you eat an entire meal Right before you go to bed, if you could somehow pull that off and get the right number of calories, you'll be completely fine. If you just if your body is used to that, it's no problem. Not a big deal at all. Basically, awesome. if you need to lose weight, talk to your doctor. Maybe talk to a nutritionist. Yeah, we're not medical. Find out some real science here. Don't go with some magic thing that your grandmother sent you a forward chain email saying like, "Oh, this is the <laughs> magic diet." No, don't do that. That's dumb. So. Yeah, I think I think that about covers that's everything we have to cover today. About. I'm amazed, by the way, that we got all of this in. This was a yeah, really, was, really yeah. like expansive topic, and we couldn't get the microphones to turn it on when we got yeah, in the yeah. studio, so we started a little bit late. And uh, we'll try to post a blog post covering maybe some of the stuff that was a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we missed some of the stuff in the middle a little bit. So I'm going to we'll talk. Hopefully, the, the blog post might be about fat and stuff because there's okay. a lot of goofy stuff going on with fat, yeah, like when, how much to eat, like how much of what yeah. kinds of fat to eat. So and fat is like sort of overgeneralized. Like yes. there's a lot of different kinds of fat that does a lot of different things. Yep. Um, well, fantastic. So, good night, everybody. This has been Scientifically Speaking. You're listening to CornellRadio.com. Tonight's episode was recorded in front of a live studio audience. I'm Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Shane and I'm Zach. Follow and us on Twitter at Tweeting Science and follow us on Facebook at Scientifically Speaking. Yeah, and I'm gonna see. I told you last time I would leave you with a band that I then didn't leave you with. So I think we're actually gonna listen to Franz Ferdinand here. Um, apologies if I'm wrong, but yeah, thanks for joining in. I'll Have punch him if he's wrong. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs>